you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Moments like my daughter telling me a new joke mean a lot to me. But after being diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, which is breast cancer that is spread to other parts of the body, they mean even more. I take Ibrance, Palpocyclib. Ibrance 125 milligram tablets with an aromatase inhibitor is for adults with HR positive HER2 negative NBC as the first hormonal based therapy. Ask your doctor about Ibrance and visit Ibrance.com. Ibrance may cause low white blood cell counts that may lead to serious infections. Ibrance may cause severe inflammation of the lungs. Both of these can lead to death. Tell your doctor right away if you have new or worsening symptoms, including trouble breathing, shortness of breath, cough, or chest pain. Before taking Ibrance, tell your doctor if you have fever, chills, or other signs of infection, liver or kidney problems, are or plan to become pregnant, or are breastfeeding. Common side effects include low red blood cell and low platelet counts, infections, tiredness, nausea, sore mouth, abnormalities in liver blood tests, diarrhea, hair thinning or loss, vomiting, rash, and loss of appetite. Welcome to Hello Somebody, a production of the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia, where we rage against the machine, where we raise our voices against injustice and stand up for justice, where we embrace hope and joy with an optimism for a brighter, more just future. Each week, I'll be dropping knowledge, whether it's a solo episode from me or a hearty discussion with esteemed guests doing great things in spaces and places of politics, entertainment, social justice, and beyond. We get real, baby. I mean, really real. We get honest. We get up close and personal for you. Yes, you. Because everybody is somebody. Before we begin, I want to give a special shout out to my team. Thank you, Sim. Tiffany, Sam, and the team over at Good Juju Studios, Erica England, Pepper Chambers, the hot one, and my social media team. Hello, somebody. Today we have on Hello, Somebody, Senator Erica D. Smith. She is a progressive and she is running for a U.S. Senate seat in the great state 
of North Carolina. She is a mother and soon to be a grandmother. Oh, you all know I'm giddy about hearing those words being the fabulous yaya that I am. It is a different level of love all the way around. She is an HBCU grad, North Carolina A&T and also Howard University School of Divinity. She protested apartheid in South Africa. She worked for Boeing. She protested gender inequality in wages. Hello, somebody, because women deserve their whole damn dollar. Sister, say it, whole damn dollar. Yes, we do. She was an engineer at NASA in Virginia, and she left that job and took a 75% pay cut to start a career in education. Oh my goodness, what a woman, what a phenomenal woman indeed. So come on with me. Let's have this conversation with Senator Erica D. Smith. Hello, somebody, family. Y'all know I'm always excited. I try to be excited about me. If you're not excited about the people you interview, why even do the interview? So yes, you are going to hear me say, I'm so excited. Life is too short not to be excited, but I have Senator Erica Smith with me from the great state of North Carolina, and she is running for the U.S. Senate. You better go ahead, Senator, and do that do. I mean, you have such a rich family history. I want to talk about your grandfather, Papa Buster. Yeah. But before we get to Papa Buster, right now, you know, meaning 2021, there are no black women in the U.S. Senate. And in the history of these United States of America, there have only been two. And that was Carol Mosley Braun from the great state of Illinois. The Honorable Carol Mosley Braun. I know some things happened, you know, in her life. But she was the first black woman to uh, go to or be elected to the United States Senate. And then the second woman of color to occupy the United States Senate is now the vice president of the United States of America. And that's VP Kamala Harris. So currently, right in this moment, there are no black women in the United States Senate. You are running. Uh, This is a Herculean task. What did you decide to run your race? Absolutely. Um, I knew that if I didn't run again because I ran in 2020. If I didn't run my race, Nina, there will be no one fighting for people who no one's fighting for. There'll be no one fighting for the working poor, no one fighting for marginalized communities, no one fighting for indigenous folks, no one fighting for workers, no one fighting for union members, um, no one who's fighting for those who have been generationally left behind in this country. And so I, you know, I had a tough run in 2020. I was leading the incumbent uh, Senator Tom Tillis in every poll, including a Fox News poll. And um, similar to your race, dark money came in. Um, Mitch McConnell came in and they started running these crazy ads, Faith and Power Pack. And there were so many Democrats who were pushed polls and told that you can't trust her. You are being she's being recruited by Republicans. And I'm like, what in the world? Black women have been the backbone of the Democratic Party. I had been a party officer for 12 years. I talk about 12 years of slave because I had um, been electing Democrats up and down the ticket all over the state. And then 12 years before I became a state senator in North Carolina in 2014, I was working to get um, Democrats elected 
and push progressive policies, progressive values. And so we are in a moment of crisis in this nation. We have a race, racial inequality uh, crisis. We have a climate crisis. We have an income inequality crisis. And all these crises are related. They demand a champion who's gonna fight for bold progressive values and um, for solutions that are big and bold enough to solve the problems that we're facing. So that's why I'm running for U.S. Senate in North Carolina. Glad to hear you say that, Senator. I certainly feel the same way that you do. And I'm sure that the people who, you know, the Hello Somebody family who tunes in to hear uh, what we have to say about certain issues, a lot of people probably feel the same way that we do need champions. There is something about the fierce urgency of now, now, Right now, you know, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. certainly made that phrase famous, the fierce urgency of now. I want to add now, now on that. And so to have someone like you not giving up the fight, even though the power structure comes at you with a fury. And with I a can fury. Yeah, I can yeah. definitely relate to a lot of stories that you're telling. You know, on the one side, you got the more establishment Democrats coming after you. And on the other side, you got the Republicans coming after you. And in my race, they both, probably very similar to yours, they 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 really joined uh, forces. And not so much the establishment Republicans as much as it was the Republican donor class, because we know we have a corporatist donor class in both right. parties. In my case, it was the corporatist donor class within the Republican Party that connected forces and not so much other Republican elected officials. In your case, Republican electeds came after you. In my case, it was the moneyed interests of the Republican Party that joined forces with the moneyed interests of the corporate Dems and um, some more hawkish folks. And they 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 really came in and, and came in hard, you know, especially in my case where 30 points Democrat wins, you know, that a Democrat was going to win my this race that I was in for the congressional seat, Ohio 11th, one way or the other. But constantly I was told I was not the right kind of Democrat. Senator, have you ever been told, maybe not told, but I guess you kind of get the feeling that because of the forces that are mounting against you, that you're not the right kind of Democrat. I mean, absolutely. I've been told that from day one. I'm looking at my trajectory of public service and why I've always fought for the underdogs is because I've been an underdog. Um, I grew up in poverty. I, I didn't come from wealth. I came from hard work. I grew up on my family's farm, picking cucumbers, harvesting corn. And to me, there's nothing harder than picking cucumbers. And it was just, you know, sun up to sundown, hard work. It gave me a great work ethic, but it exposed me to um, what was around me and the limitations, particularly in rural parts high minority areas um, that I grew up in and and how we've been so disenfranchised. And so from the very beginning, when I ran for my state Senate seat, I, I had to challenge a Democrat, a Democrat who was pushing payday lending in an area that's been decimated by floods, storms, um, been left behind, been communities hollowed out by monopolies. All the main street is boarded up, uh, farm people, people who, you know, trying to struggle to hold on to their family farms. And so when I look at when they say I'm not the right type of Democrat, I'm a dirt road Democrat. I grew up on a dirt road that my mother grew up on in um, North Carolina. And the sad reality is you're looking at 80 years that a road has been unpaved because there have not been investments in communities that have been, you know, left out of the sunlight of opportunity, as Dr. King would say. Say. 
80 years? 80 years, 80 years, Nina. My mom is, is an octogenarian. She will be 81 on her next birthday. She grew up on that dirt path. I grew up on that dirt path. What's My the name of that path? It, it's it's um, Lily Lane and Lewis McGlynn Lane. And um, it's off of Cherry Tree Road. And I was in, in high school before parts of the road, the main road that I grew up on um, was paved. And so when we look at this lack of investment, this lack of infrastructure that's holding so many people behind, um, when I had to relocate um, in early 2000, I used to be an engineer. I was an engineer for 13 years. I used to work for Boeing in Seattle, Washington and also in Northern Virginia. And so I relocated back home to the family farm because my dad had early onset of Alzheimer's and dementia and he was getting lost going to the bathroom in the middle of the night. He would get lost on the farmland and you know, my mom would have to look for him. And so because he served his country well and he raised six children, five girls and one boy, we wanted to make sure daddy could stay at home and live out his golden years. I was in a graduate program and I was an engineer at the time I was doing high-speed research on multiple platforms. I moved back home to North Carolina in 2003. My parents were on dial-up internet. And I tell you, Nina, it's, it's, it's 2021 and we're still not much further than that. I mean, what you are highlighting is the experiences of so many Americans, so many. The digital divide is real. It yes. is both class and caste-based digital divide. I can tell you of somebody who has traveled throughout this country, in particular the rural parts of South Carolina, and to have, you know, three, four bars, and the further you get into the rural community, you have zero bars, zero. and you are praying to God that nothing happens. You don't get a flat tire. You don't uh, ride down the wrong road in the South. Hello, somebody. And even in the North, we still got, you know, places like that in Ohio and other parts of the country. So let me not just malign the South. But you just praying that everything goes well on your trip so that uh, you are safe. I mean, it's the first and we take it for granted. The struggle is real. And as you said, it's 2021. It's not just about this administration. It's about previous administrations. Yes. It is about a nation, both on the private sector side and the public sector side, that has neglected poor communities, poor communities of all identities and rural communities and communities of color. And you are saying right here, because people think that that stuff happened in yesteryear, especially folks who never get to rural areas. You are here to testify. And I can just amen you. Yes. But you are here to testify. I'm a witness. That the, yeah, I'm a witness that the infrastructure in certain rural communities is not up to the 21st century standards. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. It, it cannot be said more clear. There have been historic underinvestments in rural communities. And, let, and let's stop there. Let's stop there, Senator. When we're talking about rural, we're not talking about rural white. We're talking Come about on. rural black, rural brown, rural white. So That's many it. rural communities. And so it's a caste system. It's a class system. And it's keeping so many of these communities perpetually in poverty due to the underinvestment. And so this infrastructure bill is a no brainer to me. I just don't understand why we don't have that passed by now. It's going to make historic investments in broadband. Broadband is not a luxury. It's a life-saving right. utility. And in order for us to stay connected, so many students were disenfranchised in these last 18 months of the pandemic where they cannot have, get access to their online learning. 
And then if you have more than one child, even when we give them hotspots, some of my students, all of the children in a family in a household couldn't be online learning at the same time because it just slowed down. Don't the have capacity, the capacity was not there. Yeah. And it's not just high school students, too. Mm-hmm. While you are bringing that up, I do want people to know. You know, I have been in touch with folks from historically black colleges and universities, too, and they were trying to raise the requisite money necessary to be able to send their students home during the height of this pandemic Absolutely. with the technology that they needed to keep up. So is I, I know you're talking about, you know, high school. I mean, not just high school, but um, K-12. K through 12. I want to throw in there that we really have to keep in mind our college students too. And and there's a lot of learning that will not be recovered. As we know, the Absolutely. studies are already coming out saying how many students have lost ground mm-hmm. because they were not able to immerse themselves in their studies because they didn't have the software and the hardware necessary to participate. Again, cast and class they absolutely go together. So, oh my gosh, and we're just, we really are going deep. So we want folks to know we need the infrastructure bill. We needed it four years ago, eight years ago, 12, 20 years ago. Okay. So memo to uh, the elected officials who are standing in the way, you know, get out the way, move, get out the way. I I just, it just boggles my mind that you have anybody in that Congress. And I'm talking about the Senate and the House of Representatives that would not support it. It's being held up, you know, right now by this daggone Senate and two folks in particular. You know, I'm not even going to name their name. I talk about them so much. I'm just going to let it go. Let's and just that's say this. why we, I need to be in the U.S. Senate be the 51st We got to get you there. And, we um, got to get, come on. To the end 51st the filibuster vote. and what's stopping us for decades upon decades upon decades on delivering to the American people. Since you're going to bring up the filibuster, and we know that the filibuster is a tool that has been used consistently to block civil rights type uh, mm-hmm. legislation. I just happen to believe, and I don't want you to say nothing because you're running right now, but I happen to believe that a lot of people are using Senator Manchin as a shield. That a lot of, uh, there are other Democrats who ain't got the intestinal fortitude to stand up for righteousness. And in this case, it is getting rid of the filibuster. That is blocking, you know, they didn't put a watered down version of voting rights instead of going for the for the people act and the John Lewis voting rights act. They done watered it down because it doesn't have the protections in there to deal with dark money, as we were talking about. Right. You know, because they don't want to deal with the erosion of voting rights in this country and also the doing away with the filibuster. So that's just me saying you don't have to agree with me, but I think some of these Democrats, some, not all, are hiding behind Joe Manchin. He's a convenient excuse not to do a damn thing about the filibuster. Running or not, the truth is the truth. There are so many people hiding behind the filibuster, but you know, for me, it's abolish the filibuster or abolish democracy as we know it. We can no longer allow that weapon, that Jim Crow relic, that tool yes. of um, just has been blocking civil rights, LGBT rights, minority rights, voting rights. And it's quite ironic how the filibuster, you know, even came about to stop voting rights and citizenship rights for black people after for slavery. People. And now here That's we it. are using it again because of this historic election that we had in 2020, but also not wanting Um, marginalized communities and black people making it harder for us to get a ballot for that ballot to be counted for us to show up for voting and this watered down you know freedom to vote act it only guarantees same day registration and a 15 day early voting and that's not enough to protect 
voters access to the ballot. We see 38 states across this nation have implemented um, voter suppression laws, and we have to fight against that. That's right. And more ID requirements in there, too. So, again, it is Mm -hmm. watered down. So anybody skipping, hopping, jumping, high-fiving over this foolishness, when we have two strong bills that can deal with it, something is wrong. And look, people got a right because folks already got behind it. And, and saying it's it's not there may be some good components in the bill. I would never right, say that. Right. But those same components are in the For the People Act and the John Lewis Act as well. So why don't we just go and pass those two because they're stronger. And Lewis, with much more depth and breadth. And what I love about the For the People yes. Act, it talks about that dark money. Um, it does, exactly. That dark exactly. money that we know is called it is enabling the corporate Congress people to continue to get paid and all of us workers are getting played. And I say us because I'm a hard worker. You know, I I live barely above, um, you know, you're just looking at how, you know, teachers don't get paid much in this nation. If we were paid per child, we'd be waking about $360,000 a year. Uh, But but we don't get paid and a servant is worthy of their hire. I know you come from the faith-based community and so do I. I And we need to do something about worker pay, but all of us, the, the disenfranchised, the 99% we're getting played and everybody else who's not doing anything and not using the policies that they have and the procedures before them to make real structural change for the American people. They're not doing their job. They're just getting paid to continue to play us. That's right. The system is broken. And so when we talk about the need for systemic change, you know, we're giving some real examples. It is legal to bribe politicians in the United States of America Folks need to recognize that. I still don't believe, despite all of this heartache and hardship and the fight that is before us right at this moment and the fight that will be there, hopefully, albeit in a different form for the next generation, that if conscious minded people get together, you know, conscious minded people on the move. And that is the key. We have to continue to be on the move. So I just, you know, I love how you said, hey, running or not, truth is truth. So I love it, Senator. If you're looking for the most epic place on Earth, let's start at the base of a massive waterfall. Then trek through the thick jungle. Then climb to the peak of a snowy mountaintop. Then once you get there, keep going. Because with intelligent 4x4 and 7 drive modes and a Nissan Pathfinder, the search is the real adventure. Available feature. Intelligent 4x4 cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field. From free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. You are a single mom. You yes. uh, are soon to be a grandma. Yes. Uh, you have to tell me how that is. I, I looked at some of your posts and your pictures. And it was like, you're just so in love with that grandbaby. <laughs> Let me tell you. And I got a new addition. She's she's four oh, months. But okay. uh, my grandson, who you and the the at least I want to say the world, but at least the nation. Some people have become familiar with. He is two years old. And I got to tell you something, Senator, there is no love like that. I, I love my son and I didn't think that there would ever be a different depth of uh-huh. love. Like nobody can take my son's place. But let me just tell you, when <laughs> that baby get here, yes, it's, it's levels to love, baby. Oh, my God. I just and you know what? I'm sure for you, as for me, it just reinforces and reinforms why I'm doing what I do to make this world a better place because I yes. want it to be spectacular for them and their generation, not just them. Because, you know, our grandbabies can't be all right and other folks' grandbabies not all right. That's See, that ain't how that work. That's true. That ain't how that work. So in order for our grandbabies to be all right, we need other folks' grandbabies to be all right. But we I need cannot all wait. the you, children to be all, all right. All the children. You're going to have to call me and tell me. I'm telling you. Oh, my God. Ain't nothing like it in the world. Ain't nothing like it. Don't even get me started. So let me go. And so you have, you know, your sons. You know, I have a son. You are a military kid, an army brat. Um, you know the pain of losing a yes. child. Yes. Five years old. Yes. Five Elias. years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. You know, and it's our lived experiences that connect us. And that's why, you know, I want to lay all of this out. And um, you talked about your dad, you know, that, you know, you're army brat and you ended up moving, you know, back to the family farm because of what your dad was uh, enduring. And so you have that. A a lot of people are going through that. The sandwich generation, you know, where people are raising children and or Uh there are grandparents raising grandchildren. And then you have people dealing with uh, their parents and and their their age. And so life is happening. And it is important that folks can relate to the people who are running for office. I feel as though we need to elect people with some certain lived experiences. Yes. Who have been through something. I want somebody who got a testimony. Can we get a testimony? Thank you. 
whose lived experiences mirror those and who've had to navigate these broken systems. I mean, we certainly deal with a, a rigged economy, a broken healthcare system, and policy is personal for me. Um, in, in this broken healthcare system, we look at the atrocious Black women's maternal mortality rates. They are worse in this country and in the state of North Carolina than in, in some developing countries. And we look at how there's been no one at the table before you have an Ayala Presley or Lauren Underwood Yes. fighting for black women's maternal mortality um, and, and health care. And so that's why we need to have that representative democracy. But we also have to have different voices at the table who have had to navigate these broken systems and who can bring that true perspective. This is what we need to do. This is how we re-engineer those policies so that they work just as well in an urban center as they do. I mean, in a, a rural center as they do in an urban center, but also looking at the ways that we can create structural change and so that address these problems and challenges that working people are facing. And so for me, um, I gave birth, my, my son was um, born at 23, 24 weeks. Um, I had pregnancy-induced hypertension. Um, I had, um, you know, so many issues surrounding, you know, high blood pressure. It's hard to be black in this country and to have to navigate discrimination and racism day in and day out. But at any rate, my, my, employer-based insurance um, senator just was not good enough. It, it denied me several um, coverage that I needed. It gave us four hours of nursing care after our baby stayed in the NICU, neonatal intensive care unit, for six months, Senator. He came home with feeding issues. He was born at one pound, one half ounce. Elias was now four pounds. We brought him home. We had four hours of nursing care with a baby with a tracheostomy. And also who had feeding um, issues. And so we just looked at that and I was like, okay, four hours of a nurse. Okay, I can catch a quick nap because I'm going to be up the other 20 hours of the day making sure he's breathing. And so at the end of the day, we had to get rid of every asset. So we would qualify for Medicaid cap seat. Oh so I had to God. get rid of the spare vehicle. So my older teenager oh my God. had to quit his part-time job. And it could not take his uh, siblings to soccer practice, piano practice, and all of that was out of the door. We couldn't afford to do that anymore. I had to get a part-time job, Senator. And this is the part that just frustrates me the most. After we qualified for Medicaid cap C, they gave us eight hours of nursing care. My, my ex-husband and I, we both worked for the state. I was a teacher. I worked eight hours a day in the regular ed program, but he had a tracheostomy. And so there are these humidifiers, we call them a nosy that goes over the trach. So foreign objects don't get in. Nina, they were $12 each and you're supposed to use five a day, but I could only afford one a day. I had to get a part-time job at an alternative school. So I could afford $368 a month of life-saving healthcare, life-saving medical equipment that my child needed. I, it was it was just so stressful. It was unbelievable. But, you know, I would go to the ends of the earth to fight for my children and anyone else's children. And so that's why I'm emphatically clear. People don't need access to health care. I get tired of people saying that what they need is health care. They need health coverage. And for us, that's why I'm fighting so hard for Medicare for all Medicare for all. Everybody in, nobody out, no pre-existing conditions. And, you know, and we can't talk about that in a pandemic when so many people lost their employer-based health care. What good is employer-based health care when you lose your job in a pandemic? So many people are underemployed or um, stuck in dead-end jobs because they're only there for the health care benefits. And those benefits are not good enough. I've seen firsthand 
how the system is broken and is rigged because the profits are going to the pharmaceutical companies, going to the hospital CEOs, and we need to keep those profits in the healthcare system and deliver it to the people of this country. And so, you know, don't don't talk to me about healthcare access. And so other candidates are talking about that. No, we need Medicare for all. If we can't talk about that in this pandemic, then when can we talk about it? Wow. I mean, I just got shivers up and down my spine to hear you tell this story about your baby and what you and your husband and your family had to endure and how just to get help in this country. They want you to be damn near groveling because that's what that that's about. You got to grovel for some help um, in this hegemon nation, meaning the wealthiest nation on the face of the earth, actually destroying people. And, you know, it's happening right now. You got folks like Senator Cinema and others standing in the way from Arizona, standing in the way, in the way. of a bill for pharmaceutical to, to, to make sure that we can drive down the cost of prescription drugs. Yes. And then before we even start on the Medicare for all, and you write, I mean, the commodification of healthcare in the United States of America is morally inept. Yes. It is politically stupid as hell because the majority of Americans want what? universal healthcare yes. in the United States of America. And damn, if you got power and you're not going to use it on behalf of the downtrodden, the marginalized, the mistreated, then who in the hell are you using the power for? Don't even run for office. They just need to go on and take their place on the corporate side of the Thank ledger. You. And that is not to say that all corporations are bad because there are some, you know, Aspiration Bank with Joe Sandberg comes to mind. Um, there's a gentleman, uh, Dan Price is another one. He pays his employee, the base salary is $70,000. This man then increased the minimum Thank wage you. on his own because his he own. understands that if his employees are living good and they can take care of their families, they'll be more productive. But I mean, I'm telling you, sis, what you are laying out here and it's not just women like you. We got Beyonce who told her, you know, her story yeah. you know, about how they, they didn't believe her. We got the great Thank you. Serena Williams yes. told her story. Could have died in that hospital. They didn't believe her. So when you talk about the maternal death rates of black women and then the death rates of, of our babies, I'm telling you, it, it is criminal. And you just, I mean, really, it is something wrong. Hello, somebody, family. We ain't got to put up with this. Every other industrialized nation on the face of the earth has universal health care. And you know what, Senator, sometimes I think when some people say access, like me, you know, every now and then people might hear me say access. But when I say access, I don't mean, you know, that you can walk in there and, and look at the vehicle and can't mm -hmm. buy it. I mean, absolutely have it. So even have I it. have had to make sure, catch myself. You are absolutely right. Folks must have the health care. And you know what? We can do it. You know how one example, how we know we can do it because during this pandemic, they just let, go get the shot. Go get the shot. Don't worry about where go get the shot. That <laughs> is you. an example. Thank you. Of the fact that we can have we can have universal health care. But you got Democrats and Republicans alike. Let's go and tell this truth. Standing in the way because they are answering to their owner donors. Senator, we go look, we're going to do a whole nother show about Medicare for all. Yes, okay. we are. And thank we you need for to do that. <laughs> Telling your story and sharing your story because so many families can relate to, to you and you. We need you. We need you to be in the U.S. Senate because you will not equivocate when it comes to standing up for people to have health care in the United States of America. So let's go. I just want to talk about your granddad, your grandfather, Papa Buster. Yeah. And he was a sharecropper. 
And he brought the land that your family was enslaved on. And your family is still on that on that land today. Talk about that for a little bit. Share that because that's rare. That you are rare. blessed. We 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 are blessed. And so Pop Buster, um, Calvin Buster, Calvin Moody, and we call him Pop Buster. Ever since, you know, I I just, you know, we look at what he was to us, what he was to this family. His parents were slaves. Pop Buster lived to be 112 years old. He died in 1998. And just the clarity, and we still have his smokehouse that he built. Um, and, and that's to smoke meat for those of you, for those of the listeners who are not familiar the with smokehouse, baby. It. Not that kind of smokehouse. We talking about the smoke the meat kind of smokehouse, smoke not the, the other smokehouse. Uh, <laughs> when, when they would slaughter hogs and everything. And so, Pop Buster's parents were slaves, and so um, he grew up on the land that they were enslaved on. And his parents started sharecropping, and he took on sharecropping and. So he continued the family farm. And so little by little, saved his money to buy up that land um, as an inheritance to his children. And so is my mother's um, grandfather. And and we look at what that has done for generation after generation after generation. So that was your mother's grandfather. It was my mother's grandfather. So this is my grandfather. And so when we look at that lineage um, of what having and owning your land meant, particularly in the South. And so when I when I let you know that that land was purchased by by sharecroppers and, and former slaves who were working hard to to earn a living off the land. Now, you know why we can link that back to why it's 2021 and the road that runs through this land is still unpaved. It's still a dirt path. That's why I'm a dirt path Democrat, because I've seen firsthand the disinvestments and the and the underinvestments in communities where you have the poor, where you have uh, the, the barely middle class, as you would say, and, and those who have just been left out of opportunities. Um, so Pop Buster instilled in us fighting for ownership. And that's what's needed. You know, and that's why I'm fighting so hard for reparations, because you look at how African descendants of slavery were disenfranchised and they were not allowed to own land. And they, it was difficult um, to, to own your property and to build wealth. And so without being able to do that, I mean, I, I, I watched my grandparents. I watched my parents. I watched them stay up at night in tears, fighting and finding a way to hold on to that family farm. And for my dad, you know, to, to battle bankruptcy um, because, you know, after he served his country well, there were just, you know, so few jobs. And because black farmers were not given their due by the USDA and had to fight so long, um, many of these, many of our neighbors, many of the families that we knew that were in farming, they went bankrupt. They couldn't hold on to their farmland. And so there were so many practices of inequity for black farmers. And that's why that's a big part of my platform, um, fighting for small farmers, fighting for black farmers, fighting for those who have not been given their rightful share. And the systems of oppression have not only not only serviced them and helped them hold on to their land, but they've been a big part of the reason why they were driven off of their land. Yeah. And this, again, another example for folks who need examples of what we mean when we're talking about structural racism, racism. Mm-hmm. Senator Smith has just laid out another example of structural racism. 
and at the hands of the federal government, no doubt. Yes. So when we when we think about even the free the the, the freeway system, the highway system, structural racism, redlining, HUD was involved in that. So all of these things are interconnected. And so when folks say, oh, my God, you guys are always complaining or you want to talk about racism all the time. Yeah, you damn right. We want to talk about racism. <laughs> you you doggone right. Yes, we do want to talk about institutional lies, structural racism that is weaved into every single facet and fiber of the United States of America, which would not be the hegemon nation it is today without trafficking in bodies black bodies and enslaving black people free labor and thank they mm. th- free labor baby and thank god for people like your great-grandfather who was able to surmount through through it all you know there's a song in the black tra- uh christian tradition how i got over my, my soul, soul looks back and wonders how i, how I got over. over baby you best believe we got over on the blood sweat and tears Ooh. of some folks yes both names we know and names we do not know, but Papa Buster, baby, y'all better go and put that name down. He did that thing. So, Senator, just in the spirit, and you laid out a lot of what motivates you, whether it is what happened to your baby, expecting a, a new grandbaby, another generation. It's, you know, what you do in the classroom is what you do on the state level as a state senator. It is, I mean, I, I really feel though, as a lot of what you are standing up for is weaved into that lived experience and you yeah. are willing to share that lived experience out in the open. So folks know I'm running. I believe in Medicare for all because of this. I believe that we need infrastructure, uh, because of this. You, you, you're not ashamed. And I believe in the Green New Deal because of this. I want your grandbabies, my grandbabies, everybody's grandbabies to have a planet. And we're not going to have that if we don't address climate change and address it with a bold platform and a bold agenda. And that's why I'm fighting for the Green New Deal. Um, I I know what clean air and clean water has been for our way of life as farmers and how um, sustainable agriculture is one way, but it's not enough. We need to have aggressive policies to address global warming. Yes, we do. We got to have all these things. We want all the things in this life. We want all the things and we can have these things. You know, I'm tired of the scarcity doctrine that so many elected officials are pushing scarcity for everybody else, but not for them. Hello, somebody on that scarcity. So I want to just kind of move a little bit as we as we wrap up this robust and passionate conversation again. Senator Smith is running uh, for the U.S. Senate from the great state of South Carolina. And Senator, where can people find you if they're looking for you? How can we find you? People can find me um, at my website, ericaforus.com. E-R-I-C-A-F-O-R-U-S, ericaforus.com. I'm one of us for all of us, one of us who will fight for us. They can also text JOIN, J-O-I-N, to 51550 Text JOIN to 51550 and become a part of this movement that we are creating, a broad working class coalition, um, because we've got to flip states in the South. Georgia showed us what can be done. The five Black women with the New Georgia Project and Stacey Abelton and all of their work bringing folks off the sidelines. Folks can't sit off the sidelines anymore. We need people engaged. We need them now. We need them fighting to send somebody to the U.S. Senate who's going to be that 51st vote and who's going to fight to abolish the filibuster 
and who's going to be willing to join those who are ready for this structural change that we need in this country. Well, amen to that. And I want to quote another Southerner. And uh, he said the following, the moment a few progressives win in the South, a progressive can win the presidency. And that Southerner is from the great state of Louisiana, none other than Gary Chambers. Oh, I love Gary. Oh, that brother did that thing when he ran for Congress, didn't he? He's still out there fighting him and I are going to. We're going to do some things together. But I love that. The moment a few progressives win in the South, a progressive can win the presidency. The one and only Gary Chambers. Yes, Senator, as in our five moments together for this particular episode, do you agree with uh, Mr. Gary Chambers on that? The moment a few progressives I, win? I absolutely agree with my good friend Gary Chambers. He came down here to help me kick off my 100 counties and 100 days tour. We are conceding nothing, leaving nothing behind. And so, Senator, I don't know if you remember this, but I was sitting beside you in a church, Dr. Bishop, uh, Bishop William J. Barber's church, when you oh. were there, we were sitting right beside <laughs> yes. each other in the third row, when yes. Senator Bernie Sanders had his amazing rally and discussion about addressing income inequality. And I, you know, yeah. at, I didn't, I, you know, I don't like to stare at people, so I didn't see you out of my periphery, but I knew you were sitting beside me. And I kept clapping and I, I high-fived you one time and we were like, yes, we are going to do this because I, I, I talk about what Senator Sanders was talking about that night. It is time for us to address this income inequality. It's time that we flip the South. You have so much oppression of black and brown people in the South. It's everywhere in this nation. But when we can use those progressive policies to truly, truly change people's lives and have them so that they are not barely surviving, but thriving, that is um, what's up. That's what we're fighting for. We are going to the ends of the earth to get it done. So thank you to the prophet and I hope future Congressman Gary Chambers, um, who will be joining us in flipping the South. And, and thank you for having me. But, you know, I feel like we have the same spirit. We're fighting this same trajectory. And I'm honored to be in your space today sharing with your folks how we need to say hello, somebody. And we need to come together and get this done. <laughs> Amen to that. I have just been. I, I was about to say, you know, in the black church, when the preacher done said all that needs to be said, all that's yeah, left to say amen. is a man. I was going to say hello, somebody, all the somebody's out there, because we <laughs> definitely believe and know that everybody is somebody. It has been an absolute, absolute pleasure to have you join us today. Thank Senator. you. Good thank to you. see you again. So and thank you much. for your fight. Thank you for your strength. Because the entire progressive movement was standing on your shoulders. So please stay strong. I'm glad to see you in this fight. And thank you, thank you, thank you for being our hero. Shiro. Oh, thank you, Senator. I love you. Thank you. The pain is numbing. Try to shoot for the stars if you gon' aim for something. Embrace the love for your brother and sister. Unity's the missing brush. We need to puzzle this picture. Let's paint it up, frame it up for the world to see. Hang the hatred up. Enough is enough is enough. Making changes on us. In Turner, her voice is the truth. Her wise words inspire the youth to keep their eyes on the roof. 
It's the end, never give up, keep conquering goals. To the eye, intelligence, silver, wisdom is gold. Back to the end, now is your time, stay firm, don't fold. To the A, all you need is the three bones. That's what Granny said. Now I'ma make sure these words from Granny spread. For all of here, just give her your ear. She can take you to the promised land, I swear. World peace is what they fear. From Queens to Cleveland, Ohio, we here. Famous. Hello Somebody is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.